Well, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to another delectable episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. It is like old times. We haven't done this in a while, but it just feels so right. It just feels so natural. It's very right. It's it a is. lot more right than going home early so you go to work the next day and so you can see your family or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It's a lot more right than that to be here in this studio. Mm-hmm. Families, work, and significant others are terribly overrated. Very much so. I mean, you know, this, this, this is where we're supposed to be. Right here in this studio. Yeah. Or I should right. say office converted studio. Yeah, well, you know, it becomes a studio when we have a microphone. In it most it. certainly does. Yeah, a studio slash uh, drinking den. Well, hey, speak of it. People have actually uh, told me that These they're always fascinated, and by fascinated, they I mean mildly curious <laughs> about what uh, what we're drinking during each particular uh, recording believe, of this podcast. Believe it or not, it's not always the same thing. We do tend to mix it up and, quite a bit. We're, we're pretty good. You're the provider. Yeah, we're usually. Pr- Let's see, well, today we're drinking Founders All Day IPA, and it is quite tasty. I am foundering right now. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's I, let's yeah. let, let's not pussyfoot around anymore. Let's get no. straight. Let's get right down to business. It's a big week. There is one item in particular in golf news that I care about, that you care about, and that's our man Tiger Woods. Today, he had his first competitive round back in 16 months. Thanks for playing the safe way. <laughs> Fucking dick. I know. It's a, when I had Brad on the, the podcast, he's like, man, like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, he's like, it's just so dumb. I was just so disappointed. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I kind of feel the same way, but. God, I should have just fucking seen it coming. He was never going to come play the Safeway. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, can't believe it. I've never believed something as much in my life as I believed he might quit that <laughs> tournament. But but I did hope he would play in it, certainly. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, that was heartbreaking. But, you know, can you imagine, you know, the, the ticket-buying public for the Safeway? And the weather sucked ass that week. It did blow an enormous amount of balls. It, 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 was, not, it was not great. Blue balls. And uh, then they're out there watching a lot of non-Tiger, rainy, umbrella-shrouded <laughs> golfers. Phil, choky kind of type stuff. And they couldn't even see like their, their rippling arms that you can <laughs> usually see when they're playing in good weather. It, it was bad for everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think, regarding Tiger, do you think it was, at least for his image, right? Do you think if he had played in Napa... That he wouldn't. You think he truly wasn't ready? I think he made the right decision. Like yeah, for for his own brand or his perception, his, his tr- image or whatever it might, whatever yeah. he wants to call it. Yeah, I think uh, you got to trust what he feels about his own game, especially when it's something negative. Yeah, you know when you don't trust Tiger Woods is when he thinks he's doing well because mm. that actually never ends up being right. Mm-hmm. But when he thinks he's doing badly, he's probably right about that. Sure, it takes a lot for him to like pull out of a tournament like that and look kind of like a douchebag um so he must have had a good reason for it we saw what he did at the tpc scottsdale i mean that that has become like the waterloo of the tiger woods career uh with the chipping the chipping at that tournament it was not so good now how much if any of this uh this round of tiger woods today did you get to see i know you i know you were out you know I was researching the law for for a good portion of the day but were you able to see any highlights I, i actually was doing real work today 
so I could you. not watch, but I did read a couple articles about it sure. during my work day. Well, there was one item in particular where I think it might have been Golf Week magazine like posted a big thing on social media saying, look at this Tiger Woods chunked chip, you know, where the, the yips are, the chipping yips are back. And it's like, he didn't chunk it at all. He just like basically like didn't swing hard enough and just didn't get it quite get it to the green. And even Alan, even my boy Alan Shipnuck, who, by the way, has no idea who I am, but I'm a huge fan. And I, I mentioned him repeatedly on this podcast. Even he's like, yeah, that's not a chunk, guys. You really, you got to stop. You got to stop that. That's that's not okay. Alan and the Shipnucks. <laughs> great, great See? name. Not yeah. bad, right? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, at this golf course, you know, it's in one of these... It's just one of these tax shelter type countries. I think it's the Bahamas. And there's a lot of Bermuda grass out there. I mean, we all know how hard it is to chip off of Bermuda grass. Mm-hmm. So nobody can fault Tiger for bad chips at this place. It's, you know, it's the course looks kind of buttery. His game, it from does. what I saw today, obviously the front nine was quite a bit better than the back nine. You know, what do you go? 33 40 for a 73 one over today? Sounds right. He was four over through eight. But then doubled two out of the four, last three. Four, four under. Sorry, four under through eight. And then basically double bogeyed two out of the last three to end up shooting one over. Oof. The Still only thing a good concern- round. Well, yeah, the only thing that concerns me about that is that Tiger's a finisher. That's that's what the old Tiger Woods would do. He would he would finish. But it makes sense that he wouldn't be uh in tournament shape and that he would get tired or mm-hmm. he would lose focus. Right. It's a it's a it's a skill. You got to build yourself back up to it. It's been fifteen months, right? At least uh, it might have been sixteen. I think. I think it might be because it's basically Big since difference. the two thousand fifteen U.S. Open, more Oof. or less. Yeah. Um, now I did see an interview with him when they're talking about like, is there any shots out there that you thought you hit particularly good? And he was referring to a shot where he had two thirty one to the front edge of the green, and he hit a five iron. He wasn't quite sure if he could get it there. But he kind of wanted to test and see where he was, and they ended up hitting his two, five iron two thirty three on the fly, getting to you know flying at least two yards onto the green, getting it settled next to the hole. And he's like, you know what? Hitting that shot made me feel good. It gave me a lot of confidence going the rest of the round. So I'm then I asked you, is Tiger Woods hitting flush five irons two thirty five a good sign that he might be able to come back and do this thing? Well, sure, of course. Yeah, I mean that's a nice shot. That is a fine golf shot. <laughs> I, I uh, can't remember the last time I hit a flush five iron 200 yards, <laughs> much less 235 <laughs> yards. Well, it's, I mean, for a dude who's th- supposedly physically broken the way that he does, to be able to at least come back and st- start hitting that shot right out of the gate, like, that's got to feel pretty fucking good. I'll tell you what, though. You, you always have that thought in the back of your mind looking at him now that this is the shot where he's going to wince in pain. That's painful. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it, but if any of you out in the listening audience have ever suffered from some kind of weird injury that takes a while to heal from, like a like a groin pull or back. it could be anything. Backs or backs and necks are just fucking fickle. They're, they're or not. a hand injury or anything. Mm-hmm. You are scared to do anything normal with that thing. Yeah. And... I am scared for Tiger <laughs> to do anything. I'm vicariously, sympathetically scared whenever I see him hit a golf shot. Sure. Because we've all seen, you know, it's got to be like 20 times now where he winces in pain. He he 
puts his fist to his lower back. Mm-hmm. He, he falls to the ground. Uh, it's traumatic. You know, you can't forget those things. It's just, what's so strange is, obviously this tournament, I think it's safe to say this tournament is out of reach. But he's not going to win this tournament. I mean, J.B. Holmes well, is nine up on it, him through the first round. It's so prestigious, I think, that it's killing him not he's, to win it. He's, he's got, I mean, who's ahead of him on the leaderboard? DJ, Kucher, it is J.B. Great, Holmes. It is I mean, a great field. It's a it's really, really cool a, field. It's not a golf tournament. No, no, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exhibition. Yeah, it's an exhibition. Now, seeing what we saw today, we've got one competitive round of Tiger in our, you know, in our viewing library from 2016 on, knowing what you know based on today and what you know on t- based on you know, what you know about Tiger, do you think? And this is a question that I was posing to all my buddies last week when we were at Bannon. Do you think realistically Tiger can win another major? Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. Obviously, I don't want to bring up like the Jack 18 number. That that has that's not, that's over. That's over. My question that I was posing to my friends that when we were up there was, does he have it in him? Does he have the game to be able to step up and win one more major? I was saying yes, and everybody that I was with said absolutely not. You're saying yes. Why do you think he still has it? What do you think he still has that you, makes you think he's got what it takes to win another major? Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's any point in the next five years. Well, he's still shooting okay numbers Mm -hmm. on pro difficulty setups and his fundamentals are objectively good i mean he still hits the ball a long way his distance is not a problem a guy who hits the ball as far as him has no problem winning a major championship guys who hit it way shorter than him do fine Mm -hmm. so it really just boils down to consistency and uh and and the mental edge getting back into that uh, you know, the question, one question is whether his body will betray him. Another question is whether he'll get into tournament shape. Um, you know, we, you have to assume that both of those things are going to go his way or else this hypothetical doesn't work. Right. Then the last thing is whether he can tough it out. And it's an interesting thing. Now, he was always the toughest mentally right. of his generation. By but, a wide but, margin, no less. Yes, and it helps when you're the best. <laughs> it makes you look a lot mentally tougher than yes, you might be. But it is very helpful. But I would argue now, and I think most people would probably agree, that it's harder for him, a 14-time major champion probably, to win his 15th major than it would be for somebody to win their first. Hmm. Because of who he is and because of the magnitude and the attention and the weight and the length of time uh, you know, you think of uh, Henrik Stenson, for instance, and the pressure that he faced. Yeah. Dustin, Dustin Johnson. And, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson, that fucking guy. Like, he did nothing but choke away majors <laughs> in really memorable fashion. And then he just, you know, his ball was moving on the green, and he had every reason <laughs> to choke. And then he just happened not to because he's really good and because... I mean, who knows what's going on in his between his ears? I mean, uh, it could be anything, but or it could be nothing, right? That's what I mean. But <laughs> yeah, very much so. But but uh, you know, you look at what Dustin Johnson went through, and he's been through a lot. But what he went through at that U.S. Open, trying to win his first one and, uh-huh. and doing quite well, pulling it off. And I don't think that Tiger Woods would have nearly as easy a time uh, as that trying to win his next major. Yeah, it's going to be tough because of the mythology. And because of how good a fucking story that would be, it would be really great. And he knows how great it would be. 
I think the answer for this one is relatively obvious, but if he is going to win another major, which one is it? Masters. Yeah, it's got to be the Masters. Could be the Open Championship. I was, I was kind of thinking it's going to be either the Masters or the PGA. But the PGA would have to be oh. at the right course, but the Masters just seems like the most obvious. The most obvious, because you don't have to be super long. I mean, as like with anything else and any other course these guys are playing on tour, being long certainly helps. But I you don't have to be long to win at Augusta. I think Tiger is long enough to win at any of the major championships. I just think mm-hmm. you think about his style of play and the places he's had the most success. Mm-hmm. He's had the most success at Augusta. Well, all right, here, here's another thing is that my, my thinking, because uh, I, I would agree with you, I think he has what it takes to win another major. I would hope more, but I think he's got what it takes to win one more. And my rationale was, even if he's not as long as he used to be, he's long enough. To where he can he's, be compet- he's still one of the longer players on tour. Yeah, he's long enough where he can be competitive anywhere. And the one thing he always had was that mental, just intimidating, just persona that every other player on tour is like, Jesus, I don't want to fuck with Tiger. You know, like, I mean, he... Well, that's done now. That That's all done. And I wonder if he still can at least take a piece of that, at least the confidence that he had. You know what I mean? Like... Is that confidence so shaken and so far in the past now that that's no longer something he could yeah, claim well, to have an advantage of? No, that's over. But what he can aspire to is to get to a point where uh, he gets the satisfaction of overcoming all of this. Mm. And the the showing people that he can still do it, I mean, that's a major drive. Yeah. The, the dick slapping and the fuck you... And the look at me now. I mean that. That's why I want to see him win. Totally. And that motivates him too. It motivates him the same way it motivates me to want to see it. Absolutely. It's all the same factors. Well, it's weird because like the a couple hours ago, the New York Post, very reputable newspaper. Yeah, they they uh, are are very. uh, (laughs) They uh, they posted uh, an article, and the headline was "Is Tiger?" You could tell. (laughs) Is Tiger Woods shedding? his golf terminator persona. And you have to admit, like, I mean, he was always pretty good with the media. He would always give a good interview, but... No, for for years now, he's gotten a lot more accessible to the media and a lot softer. He's much, much more accessible. And do you think that... There's nothing to defend anymore. Right, there's nothing to defend anymore, but do you think his reluctance to open up to the media and kind of the, you know, just shutting himself off and allowing himself to just be focused, now that that doesn't happen anymore, can he still be the intense, focused individual like he used to be uh i think well maybe not maybe not i think there is something to be said for that yeah it, it was always kind of questionable well he always put a ton of value on golf but a lot of the times i hate to say it when these alpha high achieving men and women uh get balance in their lives they just don't seem to be as good at what they do anymore. Totally. But it's not always the case. Um, but it is sometimes different when people go from being one way to being the other way. Like, think about somebody like Jack Nicholas. He was always a real, you know, killer. Mm-hmm. Definitely a, a super competitor. But he was always a family man, and he always put a lot of value into his relationships and his outside things besides just winning golf tournaments. Loser. Yeah, right. And so he had a long career where he continued to win and, you know, his body eventually wouldn't let him win as much and he had a lot of competition and that's the way it worked for him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Tiger Woods, though, he went from being a guy who was single, young, only cared about winning, seemingly, to being a guy who fucked his family life up in a very public way, probably the most public way of any non-politician in I, American history. I have heard, you know, I, I don't know if Except I, for OJ. I didn't know it at the time, but I Excuse have me. heard that the ver- the oft un you know, overlooked aspect of that whole shindig, you know, the whole uh Ellen breaking in w- car windows with golf clubs and trying to kick kick, kick Tiger's ass and whatever it was. Apparently she was lit. And by lit, I mean I'm talking It like, was Thanksgiving. Yeah, she was fucked up. Well, if 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 uh, Elon is like most of our listeners, on Thanksgiving <laughs> you're starting. Yeah, you know, the wine gets opened at around eleven forty-five in the morning. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know about you. That's that's late, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to be. I was we, trying to be dignified. We cracked but our first plenty at I believe nine forty-five this year. It was wonderful. That sounds nice. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, hey, if you don't need to ever work to make any money mm-hmm. and you're dating Tiger Woods, you might as well just drink all day. I mean, what else do you have to do? Yeah, good for her. So uh, Tiger Woods now has become a guy who uh, cherishes his children. I don't mean to put that down, but we've said it. I've said it on the podcast before. There have been a million, actually way more than that. There mm-hmm. have been billions in the history of humankind, good fathers. Yes. Uh, so... It's not special. How many, of those, how I mean, many of those good fathers, though, have been the best? Uh, I've been professional athletes who were the absolute best to what they did. None. <laughs> right. Maybe a couple. Well, Jack Nicholas, maybe. I don't know. What about Barry Bonds? Well, I guess he has a good relationship with his kids, but... Uh, Kim Bell would, uh, would, well, would argue differently. Well, I mean, <laughs> the relationship with her isn't <laughs> the same thing, but... Uh, so... The bottom line is that uh, you do think that maybe if he values these other things in life that he can't value golf as much. Hmm. And you, you worry about that with all these golfers. Like Big time. Rory McIlroy. He starts valuing money. And he starts valuing going to various Middle Eastern nightclubs. <laughs> and then maybe he doesn't <laughs> care quite as much about winning majors and he forgets where his bread gets buttered, you know? Although he does care quite a bit about nice watches <laughs> from what i can see i guess so man appreciates a nice timepiece. did he get he's engaged again right yes unbelievable his new side piece is pretty nice they're all nice yeah i guess you know there's very few of these guys although some people never learn let's be perfectly honest though there are some guys professional athletes golfers who's uh significant others kind of dogs and you kind of wonder like well maybe they're maybe they're uh valuing their personalities what a terrible thing to do that's just that that never leads to happiness that's just an awful don't you think that people who want to be successful like these professional athletes because it takes a ton of work you really have to have a lot of drive Mm -hmm. don't you think they have to be significantly sick and mentally ill and aspire to only the finest of looking female companions yeah but then some of them turn out to be well adjusted. In fact, there's no science to it. It just none of it makes sense. It's amazing. Well, I, I did. Uh, this is going to be a, a shorter podcast, but I did want to mention one other thing to you that I saw today that I thought was really interesting. So we were talking about if Tiger were to win another major, that the Masters seems like the most obvious one that he'd have a good chance at. After Tiger went four under through the first eight holes today, 
his odds. His master's oh, odds so great. took a significant jump, which was just I awesome. Love I don't I don't know the exact number, but like I was reading some article that basically like his master's odds like improved by like four hundred percent or something like that through the first eight holes of the day's round. Well, you know what? Those fucking guys they they play the public like a fiddle. Oh fuck yeah, they do. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> this is just a you know everybody knows this. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but. When it comes to gambling on sports, especially on sports or athletes mm-hmm. that uh, are very publicly well-known and visible that draw a lot of bets, um, just bet against whatever the public feels. And you're going to be right most of the time. Because, yeah, isn't that crazy? Because the handicappers don't actually handicap the game. They, I mean, they do, certainly, but... They handicap they, public perception. They handicap public perception. So if you, you know, bet on the villain. Yeah. Bet on the team that uh, isn't getting their due. Always. Well, it's interesting. So, I mean, I don't think it's too lar- too early to start talking Masters odds here. Cause Danny, Danny Willett again. My my question to that you is... That fucking guy fell off the face of the earth, by the way. <sighs> he's, he's still fine. He stuff, might not still be alive. Remember the Ryder <laughs> Cup and how he uh, Just played like, shit a, down played his like a dog? <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, he was like the curse. He's the curse. Like, Europe finally lost a Ryder Cup, and I think it's because Danny Willett and his stupid brother. That is highly And I thought likely. his brother actually was kind of funny. I thought his brother was mildly entertaining. But Americans can't, I mean, with the exception of you and me. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're not ready for that kind of humor in this in this charged climate. No, unfortunately not. Yeah. No, I don't think so. If uh, If someone came to you right now and said, I give you Tiger to win the Masters at 50 to 1, uh, it's is that is that enticing enough for you to want to put any action on that? No, it's Eight, four four rounds. Eighty to one. Eighty to one. I would put a couple of bucks on it. Sure. One hundred and fifty to one. Definitely. Okay. One hundred fifty one is a great value. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you were handicapping the Masters right now and you had to put you know odds on Tiger to win the Masters to win the Masters. <sighs> Christ. Um. Based on shooting one over seventy three at the Hero World Challenge today. Um. 75 to 1. That seems appropriate. When we it come probably back, should be higher than that. We but come I back into our next but I podcast. I love the guy. I love the guy as well. Well, I will say this. We're going we're gonna to get going, cut this one short here, but uh, I think we're probably going to do one more podcast, hopefully before the year is over. We are going into six weeks off. We're going into a big off. So I think before uh, Kapalua, I would love for the two of us to try to do a uh, a year in review type podcast where we get nice and lit, you know, drink plenty of beers, what's new, and just talk about uh, 2016's golf season as a whole, because the rest of 2016 sucked a pretty fat knob. So at least the golf, let's just you know, just see how we feel and see if there's anything that we can learn that will help us more readily prepare ourselves. To hopefully win some money by gambling on golf next year. Hey, we have another golfer president. We're on a run now. Can I go off on a slight tangent? And I don't want to get political here, but I have to do it. Do you know the one thing above all else that gives me a little bit of pause about a Donald Trump presidency? There's one thing? Well, the one thing above all else, okay? This man has has an unlimited budget when it comes to golf development. Yet this fucking asshole doesn't have a single top 100 course. What about Turnberry? Okay, he did not develop that or build it. All the courses that he's ever built and developed himself, he has had a larger budget than anybody else, and yet still can't find a way to crack the top 100. What that uh, instills well, no confidence well, in let, me. Well, let me tell you what it is: media bias. <laughs> Mainstream media bias. I mean, you and I are the media, and look how biased we are. This is a good point. This is a good point. Well, that seems like an acceptable note to end before we go off on some horrible tangent that nobody wants to listen to or, yeah. or we want to have ourselves. Yeah, that's very much the case. 
All right. Well, on that note, Casey. Well, you know, it's been lovely to be back. I, it's, I, great, uh, it's great to have you back, man. I've been we took too a busy, little hiatus. I've been too busy pretending to be uh, good at my job yeah. to come in here. But well, even pretending takes a lot of effort. It does. So I, I do it like, all the time. I, I can't promise our listeners that we're going to be back next week because, again, just like the regular golfers, this is kind of the off uh, the off season for us as well. There's just not that much golf to talk about it right now. It may or may not be the same bat time, but it would be the same bat channel. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's try to get together at least one more time before the new year and do like a little uh, year in review type. Boy, if I could show our listeners your business card through the microphone, <laughs> I would do it right now. This is there's some there, this is a hell of a picture. It's gonna be the avatar of the podcast next year if I have my way. But anyway, very lovely to be back. I now. will try. I've got one more picture that I'll show to you after the listeners turn off. But that, that's a great little shameless plug. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate in Northern California, KyleSerlo.com. Go for it. Or if you're looking for somebody to do voiceovers for your radio commercials. Also, very, very true. You know what? That's one of the things we'll do. The next podcast, I'll make sure we throw in our KNBR radio spots so the listeners can actually get a get a little listen and see what the Figure all that out nonsense sounds their, like. Their host is. Fucking famous, dude. How very fucking famous. famous he is. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We uh, look forward to seeing... Well, we're not going to see you. I do that every fucking podcast. We look forward to being back soon. We'll try to get one in next week, but if not, expect us back in uh, two weeks or so. We love you all. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. This episode of the Golf Guide podcast was brought to you by GolfGuide.net, the best place to save 20 to 70% on greens fees by visiting GolfGuide.net and enter the promo code GGPODCAST to save an extra 10% on all purchases of $50 or more. Again, that's GolfGuide.net. We help you find the golf you need.